Now entering Nerdist.com. Welcome to the Writers Panel. I'm Ben Blacker, the creator and moderator of the podcast. I created the show because I wanted to talk to writers about the business and process of writing. I've had more than 400 writers on the show, so go back and check the archives. I'm sure you'll find more creators and more shows that you're interested in. I'm a writer myself, having written with my partner, Ben Acker, for Supernatural, Puss in Boots, FX's Cassius and Clay, among others. We've also written comics from Marvel, Image, Dynamite, and more. We created a show called The Thrilling Adventure Hour. Maybe you'd like it. Go to thrillingadventurehour.com for more info. Let me know who you want to hear on this podcast by following me on Twitter, at Ben Blacker, like the color, only more so, uh, and follow me on Tumblr at writerspanel.tumblr.com. And if you enjoy the show, please leave a review on iTunes. It always makes me feel good about myself. They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in tonight, or whenever the time is right. It's the Writer's Panel with Ben Blacker, and it's starting now. Oh, yeah! Will you please introduce yourself and others? <laughs> you uh, want me to do it all? Well, I want you guys to introduce yourself so everyone yeah. knows what you sound like on microphones. When I am Paul Shear. Uh, I'm Nicole Shabtai. I'm Tim Neenan. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, Paul is the creator of, what is the show called? No, yeah, um, <laughs> I am uh, actually a co-creator with uh, John Stern and Curtis Gwynn of this show called Filthy Preppy Teens. It was originally called uh, Filthy Sexy Teens, yes, but we yes. found out if you Googled that, everything but that show would show up. Yeah. So that was a rejected thing, but um, we actually started this show as like a teaser at the end of an NTSF SDSUV episode. And then we made it into a pilot. And then that pilot we sold to full screen. At that point, we started work. We came over to Nicole and Tim and Emily and uh, Kelly. Oh, my gosh. I'm forgetting Emily's last name. Uh, Emily Str- Stratton. 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 Yeah. Oh, all right. It's not only for me. And, we, <laughs> and, and so uh, we came over and we kind of re-envisioned the show mm-hmm. Uh, that way. So we had this pilot that we worked off of and then just kind of blew that out and expanded it into this new series. All right. Does that make sense? Yes. And it's out on full screen. Yes. Full screen, which is a app kind of like Netflix or Hulu. And I kind of would say it's like a millennial Netflix or Hulu (laughs) because (laughs) it's a lot of social media embedded in the viewing experience. So at any point in the show, you can press the screen and make a GIF of what you're watching Wait, and write what? on it and then send it out. It's amazing. And I love it. I sound like a shill for this company, but I really am not. No, you it, said this to me. Yeah, yeah, it's I didn't too realize fun. I was all involved. Because it's like, you know, whenever you're watching any of these shows, like you think of something in the moment. I don't have the wherewithal to make a GIF and, you know, figure <laughs> all that stuff. I'd have to wait until they're pre-programmed and then send it out that way or search for the right one. Like now you can kind of make your own. So they're really trying to get like the social media aspect. Mm-hmm. In. And so they are, like, again, like Netflix in the sense that they have, like, movies like Cruel Intentions and Talladega Nights, but then they also have, like, every episode of Dawson's, every episode of Buffy, every episode of Saved by the Bell, and then they have new stuff. And we were doing mm-hmm. – we did a half-hour show. One of the things that's kind of crazy about the show, in my opinion, is we had <laughs> about a little bit under a million dollars to do eight half-hours, which, if you know anything about TV, is ridiculous. It looks Great. Oh, dude. thanks. Like, and that's, that's to. Uh, I'm really surprised to hear that. Yeah, Danny awesome. Jelinek, who is our director, he did an amazing job. And we only had what, eight or nine days to shoot the whole thing? Eight. Eight days. Wow. No, 11 days. It was days, 11. Yeah. 11 oh. days for eight episodes. 11 yeah. days for eight episodes. That's that was it. Insane. Yeah, and that was a 30 minute episode. 
units. We shot a whole episode in one day on the yeah. beach. Yeah. <laughs> and we had two units running simultaneously a lot of times. So I was, yeah, I was directing a lot of one unit and Danny was directing the other. We were literally on a beach at two opposite ends. And, uh, and Nicole and Tim were like, one was with me and one was with Danny, like, to kind of stay on top of it. That's unbelievable. Yeah, this show, I think, came about in a, in a really kind of different way. Because, like I said, like, originally it was just a 15-second right. teaser that then we developed <laughs> into a pilot. Yeah. And you were working on NTSF at that point, right, Tim? Or no? Yeah, you, yeah. I was a, a writer's assistant on yes. the first pilot of it. Right. So yeah. you got to see that, which also came together ridiculously quick. And then... We were under the like we were on this run and gun. It was like full screen is launching in a day. Like you guys need to get this going and get it up. And we raced, and then it was. I think we shot it over a year ago, yeah. and it finally just aired uh, last week for the first time. Yeah. But it was it was interesting because it was something that like uh, Curtis, John, and I initially conceived. But I really feel like the team here, you know, mm-hmm. Tim, Nicole, uh, Kelly, and Emily, they were the ones that really kind of found this world and blew out this this world and and you guys were on set every single day and kind of creating and, and monitoring the tone and well, everything that, like that. Well, that's yeah. kind of the stuff I want to uh, get into, but let's let's go back for a second yeah. and talk about that original pilot. You know, what was NTSF was, you know, a yeah. great show we've talked about it in the yeah. past. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and it was, again, parodying a very specific thing. Yes. Um, or a number of <laughs> specific yeah. things. And this feels like a natural sort of progression of of that sort of parody satire yeah. world uh, and i know you know you you love tv you love yeah. these shows so it, it makes sense for you to do it um but what was the jumping off point for you guys for you curtis and john in in the initial concept well the the joke that we were doing in one of the seasons of ntsf and it's either the second or the third i don't remember when we did it but it was the idea that at the end of every ntsf episode there would be a spin-off show because all these shows spin <laughs> off so much it's like ncis los angeles ncis los you know like Las Vegas. So we were like, oh, we're just going to spin off one element of the show every week. And so that was like our runner joke throughout that whole season. So we did an episode where Trent, my character, went undercover in a high school. Mm-hmm. And so, and then at the end, it was like, well, naturally we're going to spin off that into a <laughs> high school show. And that was just, and it was really just a 15 second joke that then the head of Adult Swim got really into. And he's like, let's make that into a real show. So then we made that show with did, like Casey guys, Wilson and okay, yeah, right. did you guys see that that had legs though? Like what was the conversation after that was suggested? I think that we <laughs> always, this was a while ago. No, no. But I think when we made that 15 seconds of it, we were like, this is really fun. It's a fun world. And it was very different than what we were doing. And it's something that I think even since the initial conception of it really grew. I mean, I think when we first conceived it, it was more like in the world of pretty little liars and gossip girl. And now we're into the world of like arrow and flash and Teen Wolf are much more what the teen shows are now. They're kind of hidden in this superhero kind of thing, too. So we just felt it was a, a rich world. I think the thing that we all realized in, in working on the series of it, like doing a pilot was easy because it was a little bit more self-contained. And, mm-hmm. and uh, But when you had to like kind of break it down and do something longer, Adult Swim was like 11-minute episodes, yeah. essentially. But we're doing like 20 to 22-minute episodes. Was going, all right, well... Yeah, it was based in parody, but then we kind of had to like kind of throw that away and be like, this is like an actual show, and we have to like we have to ground these characters. We have to make you know as much as they can be ground, and and you know I, like we had to like I think dig in deeper. Mm-hmm. You can't just exist, and I you know I feel like even with NTSF, like I would always say that that's a show that 
you know, it started from this idea of like, let's make fun of these shows, but then you have to, the characters all have personalities and they're going to do certain things. They're not, not going to just mimic something that you've already seen. And right. here, we had to do the same thing. And I think initially, a lot of the writers room, and you guys were there all the time and, and on set, like, was wrestling with what's too far, what's not mm-hmm. too far, where can we push it, where can, you know, and it was like finding this balance because you have to watch these characters for 20 minutes, you know, and it's a different, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a different muscle. You, even though it's a comedy show. So now I, I kind of describe this more as a, a comedy show that takes place in high school. It's, it's heightened and stuff mm-hmm. like that because it's playing along with themes that, you know, but, um, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not like a direct, we can't just explode something up and then come back to it. Like we, and we really tried to tell in the eight episodes, this story like that, that has, you know, beginning, middle, and end, and there are things going on, and you're following storylines. That's not, like, one-offs. So that was something that was important. Yeah. Let's uh, back up for a second and then talk about the room. Uh, But how did you guys get involved? Tim, you you were part of this team from uh, NTSF. Yeah. um, uh, I pretty much just asked for it, which (laughs) (laughs) it was nice that they said yes. Like, I, I really loved this idea for a pair. I remember when we were doing the pilot for the spinoff pilot for Adult Swim, I was like, this is great. Nobody's done this yet. Nobody's done, like, Gossip Girl and Pretty Little Liars Mm -hmm. and an insane Adult Swim version of this. And, yeah, this is so many years ago, but I remember telling Paul and John, like, if this ever turns into something else, uh, or maybe not then, but after I had been staffed on Newsreaders, which is, like, another thing that Abominable did, I remember telling Paul and John, like, hey, what's happened? Did anything ever happen with Filthy Sexy Teens? Uh, Because that was a really good idea that I think I would be good on. (laughs) Uh, And then, yeah, many years later, they called me and were like, hey, um, remember how you wanted to do this? You have to come do it now. Uh, (laughs) One of the big bummers, too, just to, you know, and not selling Adult Swim out at all, but we made this pilot that was, like, universally loved at Adult Swim. And people, like, (laughs) were going nuts for this pilot, but then the head guy, Mike Lazo, he was, I think... Smartly, I think Mike is like this kind of genius of knowing exactly what his network was, and I think there was a fear of it's too female skewing. Like, and he was like very aware that it would be: do people, if do guys understand this world? It was a very interesting thing. It was a debate that we had, and so he basically said, "I like this a lot." He goes, "I don't know if this works for us, so take it." And but it was one of the only times I've had like people from Adult Swim, like all the like ad people, are like. We're so upset. We're so upset. Like, I was like, wow. Like, like, everyone kind of had gotten into this yeah. this show. So it was really an interesting way it came out because sometimes when you make a pilot, it just has to live and die at the place that you yeah. made it. But yep. Lazo was really cool. I was like, no, no, go do whatever you want with it. That's great. Yeah, yeah when I find out, like, we got to blow it out into a half hour, I was yeah. like, because I'd been sad that it didn't happen at Adult Swim. Yeah. But then, yeah, when it turned out we got to do twice as much, I got really excited about it. Yeah, um, and let's let's back up even further because you were telling sure. me before that you owe everything to Paul. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. Now I can embarrass him in person. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I, uh, Paul gave me my first uh, writer's assistant job. I was uh, an assistant bouncing around desk to desk uh, for like producers and stuff, and was terrible at that job. I can't. <laughs> I can't maintain people's calendars at all. I was uh, 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 had you know I moved out here in two thousand. Uh, nine, mm-hmm. and yeah, I was just like taking PA jobs and assistant jobs, and uh, uh, I had a boss say like, "Hey, I I gotta fire you. You're a bad executive <laughs> assistant, <laughs> but you give good script notes, and like you're hmm. smart about um, uh, the stuff we're making." Were you uh, writing your own stuff? Yeah, I I came up through UCB, like okay. uh, I'm sure tons of people you talk to. Uh, so I was doing like UCB stuff also, and uh, this guy had read my stuff, and I'd given him notes on scripts and stuff. And at the time, uh, you guys were looking for. 
or a writer's assistant on NTSF. And um, uh, my friends Whitney Tubner and Gilly Nassim were also working for these guys, and they put in a word for me. But then also this boss of mine, uh, I think, talked to Paul. Uh, yeah. It was Stuart Kornfeld and Mike Rosenstein at Red Hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, I basically lucked out and had, like, four different people throwing my name at them. Sure. <laughs> uh, but it was, makes it really easy. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. it was great. Yeah, that was, like, I remember we met, like, at Mustard Seed yes. Cafe. Or, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I walked in, and uh, I was like, yeah, my show, like, uh, on Mod Night at UCB, like, followed Facebook <laughs> every month. So I'd, I'd seen Paul in the hallway a hundred times. And, um, yeah, uh, brought me on, worked for them for... A couple of years on NTSF and Children's Hospital and Newsreaders, all the stuff that Abominable makes. And then, yeah, got bumped up to staff uh, after a couple of years of doing that. That's great. Um, Let me ask, because a lot of listeners to this show are, you know, assistants or PAs or whatever it is. And it's it's a hard transition to make. Yes. Um, and, and you have to let it be known to your bosses that I want to write. Mm-hmm. But you still have to do your job, right? So, so how did you negotiate that, and and what was your awareness you yeah. know, as one of the bosses? Um, oh, after I was hired, like as a writer assistant for them. Yeah, um, yeah. I uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, just from my own experience, like. Yeah, I initially assumed everyone would know if I'm a writer's assistant. Like, I definitely want to write, but uh, I think also just on your shows. Uh, at Abominable in general, it's a pretty warm room to a writer's assistant, and I don't know how it yeah. is on other shows sure, or how yeah. it is on network and stuff, but I was like strongly encouraged mm-hmm. to throw stuff out and that's get ideas great. on the board, and that was great. I mean, that's... I, I was basically asked to prove myself. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> um, that's the best so, case scenario. Yeah, uh, and it seemed to be working. I mean, I would throw stuff out, and it, stuff would get into episodes and jokes and stuff, and I think eventually that just leads to, sure. uh, in my case, Jim Margolis, who was running Newsreaders, saying, like, hey, Tim's ideas were good. Let's <laughs> let him staff and uh, uh, intimidate him. Uh, <laughs> um, it was uh, so... Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, anybody in that position should be looking for windows to throw something out, wait for a lull in the room <laughs> to, uh, uh, you could try this and see yeah. if it hits. Yeah. Um, I think a big thing about it and being a bu- and being in rooms and working with a bunch of people in creative ways, it's always about, like, it has less to do, and and in this case, uh, Tim's very talented, uh, but it has less to do sometimes with even your ideas and how you are in a room. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and there's sometimes that energy of, a writer's assistant who is not necessarily on the ball and behind. And so if that starts to happen, no matter what, you're like, fuck this person. You know? and, and, and because it's like the only way that you can kind of go back and look at the notes. Oh, and it's like the, the yeah. yeah. So like, Tim, Tim was able to always execute that in a good way. But then also, like, it was fun to hang out with and, 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 and wasn't like, I didn't ever got the sense that you were like, trying to get your stuff in as much as it was like part of the conversation and I think that the, it's a subtle distinction but it's sort of like it wasn't like how about this how about this? you know it was like you right. you were a part of the room and it was and I think that that's something that you look forward to and you're like oh yeah that's great like let's have him back let's have him you know it's like and all of his ideas were great and and I've read Tim's stuff and now he's you know staffing over at Disney like you're like you know he's great like so it's like there's no you know, there. Like, I think it's all about like vibe mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Like, who can you be in this when room you can with? Read the room, and you knew when to. Yeah, that's to like a hard in. thing to talk about. But yeah. thing that like I did kind of feel I knew how to do anywhere is just read a room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's and an that's like something. Yeah, and then yeah, and there are different even, rooms too. Like, sure. yeah, there are rooms that I think make it available, and there are rooms that don't make it available. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we had writers assistants that I worked with before Tim who were not 
uh, I just think that you, know, you kind of just fit into a slot, and if you just find that right, it's weird because you have to be really good at being a writer's assistant, and then you also have to be good at like them throwing in jokes because I think they actually. I know that I appreciate like a great writer's assistant. Like, oh, this is Absolutely. awesome! I have all this totally. information, and you can go to it, and it's like because that's your lifeline a little bit. Mm-hmm. So then <laughs> that already like puts you in great standing. Like, this guy's great. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and then, you know, so then you're then you're already liked, and so then you're just, like, doing better. But if you're coming in low on the first <laughs> job, uh, you're going to go to the deficit. Yeah, I didn't even talk about that, but that's probably the most, yeah, important part is doing all the writer's assistant stuff first, making yeah. sure you write down everything. Record. I recorded everything. There was this program, what's the program called? Pair, yeah, where you can type, but it's also recording everything oh, that's going on in the room. So, like, I didn't want to miss anything. So mm-hmm. when people would say, like, what did we want to? What was that movie we wanted to parody in episode yeah. seven? I'd be like, Fear, Fear with, yeah. with that, that weird Mark Wahlberg movie that one person in the room remembers. Uh, um, everyone remembers that. Everyone. Uh, your fingers are on a roller Similar coaster. Movie. The best. Yeah. Uh, the, Come on. Uh, yeah, so if you are a writer's assistant, like looking to get bumped up, like prioritize being awesome at that mm-hmm. job first. Uh, and people will like you and want you around. And by the way, it is, I think it's pretty easy. To be organized, like it's like if you like it sometimes like boggles my mind. I'm like, like if you make that your first priority, then because then you're also if you're then you're so focused on what's going on, you're actually more in tune with the whole writers room mm-hmm. than anyone else because yeah. yeah. it's like it's all being funneled through you. So your pitches will be better because you essentially are the catcher. You're getting everything, yeah. you know. And so it's and I think when you find that break, or at least when I've seen it too, is like when people are like. More like I'm here too, hanging out, and it's like no, 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 like yeah, like you know, it's like it, that's the that's the thing. It's like when you're not here hanging out, you need to be here right. doing the thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Nicole, where did you come from? What? Um, yeah. what well, yeah. You're a UCB person, also, right? Yeah, um, but through New York. So Tim and okay. I were actually like on different coasts coming up at the right. same time, I think. But uh, so, what's your writing background? Well, I came in kind of backwards. Um, I came in, like, super hot uh, in that, like, I sold my first show before I ever staffed on a show. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that was just because I made something. Um, I made, like, a five-minute demo pilot with, like, my most talented UCB friends, mm-hmm. and they all made me look like a genius. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, um, And trick. it's just not true. Like, they're all great, <laughs> and uh, I conned the system, basically. Um, well, let's, yeah. let's take that apart first second because yeah. again this, I'm sure this is something people want to hear about sure. what was that five minute presentation what was the pilot and how did you get it to the right people um, so uh, I had this idea when I first moved out to LA um, that <laughs> came about pretty organically which is like it's a very weird thing to try to make new girlfriends as an adult <laughs> um, and because uh, it's like dating you know and you don't want to just like hang out with just anybody like you want to really click with somebody and uh, and I have tons of friends in New York. I'm from there. Um, But it was just like, and then I started to think like, that's a really funny kind of something. Uh, And the two things that I kind of put together were the the movie, I love you, man. And uh, one of my favorite shows of all time, which is Mary Tyler Moore. And I was like, I just think that is, I, so that was the second step. I was like, that's something. Hmm. Um, And then I shot this, like uh, this, 
I guess, demo pilot that's like about a 27-year-old girl who has been dating the same guy since she was a freshman in high school. And uh, she's best friends with all of his friends. And then he breaks up with her out of nowhere, and all of the friends choose him. And so she has no friends. <laughs> um, and she has to learn how to make girlfriends for the first time as an adult. Um, so uh, so I shot this thing in New York with people like uh, Darcy Carden and Abby Jacobson and uh, Paul Berganti directed it and uh, Laura Wilkins. Cox, like Elaine Carroll, just like the best possible people. Um, and, uh, and it came out really great, um, really because of those people. Um, and, uh, and then my manager kind of just like started sending it out to production companies. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's how I just met people in the industry. Um, and it was like the first, I, I think, uh, when you don't know what to be afraid of, um, that is like a real asset. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, like the first room I went into, like I didn't, I was I just, I just pitched this show after they had already seen this thing. Um, and, uh, and I got a yes. Um, and this was like, I mean, before you know that this is a business of no. Um, and uh, and I was getting yeses kind of like across the board. And it was like very overwhelming um, and, uh, and also like very cool. And then there was like a bidding war between like studios. Like it was so dumb. Like, I, like it's, I, again, like I came in the wrong end because this is like the only time that's ever happened. So I was like, okay, well, this is just like what it is. But that, I mean, what an amazing way to break in. It was, it was awesome. That does a lot of the work for you. Sure. And 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 just meeting a lot of people Absolutely. was like, you know, and, and learning how to pitch yeah. uh was was huge. Um so uh so yeah, I uh I did that and I ended up writing the the script uh at uh, CBS mm-hmm. Studios with uh, Danielle Sanchez Witzel who was the showrunner. She's now the showrunner of the Carmichael show and uh she's just made me a much better writer. Um I the other thing, you know, that it's like Working with people like Danielle or Paul or like any, it's like you're so lucky to get to learn from the people who are just the best at what they do. And I have been very fortunate um, uh, to be able to do that. So uh, that show uh, didn't go um, because... Uh, <laughs> How far did it go? It, it hardly went anywhere. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but uh, I think it was right... It was the year after, like, the New Girl and the Mindy Project mm-hmm. and all of those, like, shows came out. And I think all of a sudden the note that I was getting, which was, like, so debilitating, um, honestly, was, uh, you know, we like the show, but we're all, we've already bought, like, all the female-centric shows that we're going to mm-hmm. buy this development season. And it was just like, oh, no, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, you would never say that about yeah, a guy, you know? Crazy. Um, but the show really was very very female centric because it was really about like these two like you know cousins uh, who are very different and uh, I mean it was a network show <laughs> so uh, who uh, you know what she was the cousin who had lots of girlfriends was trying to teach this other girl how to make girlfriends mm-hmm. um, so it, I mean it very much was female centric so whatever yes. um, <laughs> uh, yeah so after that uh, I ended up staffing on a show called Kirby Buckets mm-hmm. uh, for Disney XD. Um, which was awesome too. Uh, just getting to drill story um, in that way, and we're I, the the people who work on that. Show, I was the only female in the writers' room, which is like another you know I think weird thing, but something that 
happens a lot. Um, but uh, I have to say that I learned there that my voice was uh, uh, valuable um, and uh, was able to just, like, I, I wasn't afraid to kind of, like, speak up, mm-hmm. um, even though I was a staff writer. Yeah. Um, and they were so encouraging, um, I have to say. And uh, the show is really, really good, and it's okay. really weird. And uh, <laughs> it really reminds me of, like, when, when I was growing up, there was, like, you know, those single-camera shows on, like, Nickelodeon, like, like Pete and my Pete. shorts or... Yeah, yeah, yeah like, like all the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it's very much in that style. Hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a great show. I'm super proud to have worked on it. Um, but I didn't go back for the second season because I wanted to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, Disney contracts are notoriously right. um, un... <laughs> I don't know what... Uh, not welcoming <laughs> yes. of that. Dis- Tim's yeah. a Disney employee. Right. And, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I love yeah, Disney. contracts are great. <laughs> <laughs> as do I. As do I. I Disney is a wonderful company, and I'm, again, Marvel, very proud... It, yes, very proud to have worked uh, for them. <laughs> really, really good. Um, but uh, so I... That was another just terrifying thing to just like take a leap of sure. faith and be like, is anyone ever going to hire me again? Like, <laughs> did you have something specific you wanted to go and do? Yeah, um, I, I did. And I, I started to develop with actually Party Over Here. Um, uh, and um, it's, uh, uh, it's okay. It, it was a, a workplace comedy set in a cult started by a former 90s teen heartthrob. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so. Uh, the good thing about Party Over Here is that their whole model is, like, we want to make things. Yeah. Um, and so I got to make another pilot presentation. Um, and uh, uh, Lucia and Yellow directed it, and Paul Downs was in it. And, again, all of my, like, most talented friends made me look good. <laughs> um, I'm just, like, a total fraud. Um, and uh, so I'm just putting that out there now. Um, but that's but- the whole thing. <laughs> but isn't that the whole thing? It's, like, that I always feel like... Whenever you feel like you're looking at a sheet of paper, like if you're going to make something, like yeah. you have to be like, all right, I'm going to write this idea, and that idea that I'm writing is not going to be the idea that is finally yes. like done that people are going to totally. see because you got to write it. Then when you're in production, things change, and you cast certain people like, oh, I didn't know that was going to be as good as this. Yeah. And and then when you're editing it, you're like, oh, I didn't know that was going to be here. And then that final product is very different. And I'm always trying to, at least for myself, be like. Yeah, I want to be inspired through the whole process. Totally. I'm not. I know that I'm not that guy who's like I'm in a room and I'm I'm going to see it the way I see it, and there's no variation on the way that I see it, and then it's going to be executed the same exact way. And I think when I when you give yourself that freedom, be like, yeah, I want to cast this with the best people, oh, make yeah. my stuff better, totally. and then yeah, like you're not a fraud. That means like I think that's that's TV. That's right. you know that's everything. I think the best comedy, the best anything, comes out of that. Like. Whoa, that person blew my yeah, mind yeah, totally. at, like, you know, and then I think that that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the nature of TV, too. Sure, yeah, it's totally. What, it's what makes the writers part of the process the whole right. time. And I'm always saying don't hold yourself back to create the perfect thing on yeah. paper. If you can if you can go and shoot it, like what you did with that, uh, that, that thing you did in New York, it's like, yeah, just go, like, because if you obsess over that... You'll never do the other thing, and you'll never be like, "Oh, I was a genius all along." Right. You know, like, <laughs> you know uh, but you won't because it's right. like you get too obsessed with it. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's yeah. so true. Yeah, that is, it's so true. Um, but, so, how did how did you, Paul, find Nicole? So, I came in through Curtis Gwynn, yeah. um, uh, who was you know my teacher in New York, and who has become like oh, a funny. like a mentor slash like good friend of mine. Um, and uh, and I was, uh, I heard about this show that you guys were doing yeah. and uh and I just said to Curtis I was like 
is there room for me? Like, I I want to do that show. Because um, I come from, like, New York City, like, private school. Like, I know this world <laughs> um, very intimately. So I was like, let me, let me in. And I didn't really know Nicole. Uh, I, I think, like, we knew each other in a Periphery. very random. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, you know, we had this, like, uh, this slot. And it was a very, like, you know, we had this slot open. And I met, we met Nicole. And it was really based on, you know, Curtis was very influential in kind of helping us put together the room because we wanted to, you know, bring in different people. I think, uh, you know, it, and I always am, I, I'm psyched about this, too. Like, you were the only guy in the room, actually. You really, yeah. 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 Uh, you know, so uh, so um, I was pointing at Tim. Uh, but, and, uh, uh, but it was really interesting. So meeting Nicole and then in this room was really interesting because everybody in that space, whether it was doing stuff at UCB and doing like these mod nights or making their own shorts or making their own web series, everybody had this kind of strong point of view and strong aesthetic. And, you know, I, you know, more than anything, the thing that was exciting for me about Nicole was that I was like, oh, she not only knows this world, but she had so many funny ideas on how to blow out that world. I knew Tim, so I knew I had like an right. expectation of what Tim would do, which he did right. great. But no I, surprises. Yeah. For me. <laughs> right. No, but you know what I'm saying? Like it was so. It was like it was you know because it was a not a writ. It wasn't a writ, but it was like oh, I don't you know yeah. I, I we yeah. read stuff and it was great and it was, but it was like you never know until you're in that room Absolutely. and it was a small room and it was one of those things like it was I'm so uh, was so lucky to have these amazing people in the room. It, you know these. And especially, and then what I think was so great about you is your experience on Kirby Buckets because you had like some set experience too. Yeah. So, you know, Tim and Nicole were on set every single day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a show that, in, in many respects, like, I apologize to them all the time because it's like, <laughs> it was a hard, it was a hard show and it wasn't a show that paid really well. And it was, uh, and it was, but it was, I think a really collaborative show yeah. and everyone, if you wanted to, you could get in. We had our cast who was like really digging in, but like we, from the minute this show was executed, we were told, oh, we can't afford 90% of this. So then it was like rewriting scripts ferociously, wow. cutting down pages, merging things, merging ideas. And then when we're on set, it was like, all right, well, what can we do? How can we make it better? Well, it's not working. And and the two of them just, I mean, they, I, I, I say often, like, I, it was the first time I've ever been involved in something where I didn't feel like I needed to be behind the monitor all the time because I was so confident in That's their great. sensibility, their tone, their knowing yeah. the whole scope of the show. And it was, it was a relaxed feeling. I mean, they, they, they just took to the show in, in a way that I feel like it's it's very much their show. Yeah, for Thanks. both of us, I presume, like, that made, like, there was nothing to apologize for. Because at least for me, this was the first time I'd ever been given, like, yeah. responsibility. Oh, totally. Like, to have, yeah, to get to, like, sit with you, Nicole, behind, like, monitors and stuff and not have people, like, right over our shoulder mm. going, like, what are you writing? What's, uh, yeah. what are you guys going to do right there? Like... Yeah, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Uh, It was so fun, and and yeah, I felt like a real writer. Yeah, and it's it's also like, you know, when Paul Shear and John Stern are just like, like, here is all of this responsibility, Mm. you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to do everything I can to make this yeah. like the best that it hey can guys, be. Hey guys, we don't uh, we no longer have a boat, so we need you to rewrite yeah. the second and third act tonight. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was like and we were we were under this gun. It was it was like and that was one of those things like okay, what's next? All right, what happened? Okay, boom 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 and it was always you know, 11 days to shoot all this stuff, two units running sometimes simultaneously. You know, a cast of a lot, you know, yeah. it was a, a big cast and you know and, and I think 
everything kind of grew and changed and, you know, we learned a lot, you know, and then you find, I think a lot of the times in the first season and you're always figuring out tone and a lot was kind of figured out in, in the edit too, but it was like, mm-hmm. we had enough material to kind of be like, okay, we'll do this and we'll do that. And, you know, like, so it was a challenge. And also I will say that we worked with some actors that were very experienced and that are great. And then yeah. some actors who were, you know, um, some people who came from more of a YouTube background, some people who hmm. may have just done one or two days on shows, you know, like, and so there was a lot of different sensibilities, you know, we're, take for granted, like, or I do at least, oh, we do a comedy show, I know this person, right. that person, this yeah, person. Yeah, totally. And then, like, here, it's like, these people are game, but they're also, the tone and sensibility is different, <laughs> and, 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 you know, we had, and Tim and Nicole were able to, you know, I think, navigate that and figure out how to get performances. You know, like, when you do something like Burning Love or NTSF, right. it's all people that you kind of know or trust, and if you don't, you're like, well, Ray Liotta will be able to figure this out, <laughs> and, 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 and right. he, you know, and he can, um, but here it was different. It was young. It was younger, newer people. A yeah. lot of a handful of them. That was yeah. actually yeah, fun navigating or yeah, helping massage that tone or whatever. Because everybody that comes on the show like was super excited to like get to work in something, mm-hmm. especially maybe like the younger actors who'd actually done these CW shows. <laughs> yeah, and were excited to get to do like a weird comedy with Sheer. Uh, yeah, us having to like uh, not having to, but like meeting them and sitting them down and be like, yeah, like. We're kind of doing this kind of show and explaining like what we were doing like their first day on set, getting to watch people go like, "Oh, that's great! I know how to do that." Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, just, it could have been a very—I mean, it is a very tricky tone, right? Because of the things you're talking yeah. about. It's—it started as one thing, but yeah. you have to find depth. You have to have a reason to keep revisiting these characters. And you know, for us too, I think one of the the things that we were finding is. You know, on set again, again, it was, you know, we're not doing it in the traditional way where we're writing an episode and we're shooting an episode. Right. We're like, we have eight and we're going into production with eight. And in the middle of that production, we're getting slammed with, oh, we can't do this. Oh, we have to do this. So we also were able to, and as we did this a little bit in NTSF too, the first season, because we did the same way, was kind of start to find people's strengths. Like to us, mm-hmm. um, there's this one actress, uh, Dylan Galula, I, uh, I think I'm not saying pronounce her mm-hmm. name. She's on uh, Kimmy Schmidt. She was so great. And it was one of those things where, like, oh, she's awesome. Like, and we, it, like, how can we get her more <laughs> into yeah, the show? And, totally. and, and, and opening up that. And so we were allowing ourselves to see how people could deliver stuff and then pull them in and, and, you know, and incorporate because it was hard and we didn't, you know, we didn't know these people. It wasn't, there was no track record. So it was fun to kind of write for them too, you know, on the fly and be like, get her in here and do this and and like, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There was lots of like dovetailing or or, or combining parts because yeah, an actor was really good. Like there was definitely lots of like walk on teen moments and somebody would like deliver a line really great. And we're like, Oh, that needs to be the walk on teen in every episode. Like that can be the running joke is that great (laughs) actor. We just found always walks in and gets punched in the face or something. Um, uh, So, so how much, how long were you guys in the room it was a big process, right? It was like the first, it was like a month. Yeah, we were. We had to like break, I remember we had to break eight stories. <laughs> right, in like four weeks or something like that? Like, it was two in the less. room and then we added weeks. We yeah, added right. weeks. Like it ended up being a month, yeah. I think that like if I was to give a note about that, like we, I think we had checked the process a little bit wrong in the sense that we, we had like all these arbitrary deadlines, and that yeah. was like, and that was kind of a thing. It was like, I think we started at Christmas time. We're like, we'll work, we'll work all of December 
up right. until the holidays, or we started like after Thanksgiving. We'll work up until the holidays, and then after the holidays, we'll have the whole eight episodes kind of out, and then everyone will write their own episodes mm-hmm. independently. Then we'll kind of come back in, read them, tweak them, and then go. It was. We were trying to do a lot. It was, it was, it was, you know, like I think you're always trying to learn different processes. Like on Hot Wives, Donna and Danielle would run the, like run out in front of us, and then John and I would come back behind us, and then we'd kind of like, you know, work with them, trim out scripts, punch up things, and but they were really, it was really their show. And here it was a lot more of, it was really building in the room. What is the thing that we all agree on? And you know, and and Curtis, John, and I were popping in but we were not like in the room like the the four of them were in the room so it was well, it was tricky was yeah about. like what what did you guys have what what was yeah. already there when you when you we had the pilot the room? yeah we had All the right. pilot and paul was talking earlier about yeah not like going into a room and just seeing what happens and allowing like something to be built mm-hmm. and not having like that uh you know matthew weiner like yeah uh, uh, uh i know exactly how everything's gonna go yeah. this is like <laughs> has to be the most extreme example because yeah we had the adult swim pilot from years ago and then that first day in the room the first question was like so what is this show yeah. and we yeah. had like two weeks to make <laughs> to like get eight, episodes, eight episodes, yeah. episodes of it. Where uh, series spend months figuring it yeah. yeah. It was so lots of stuff got like thrown at the wall. Like there was a plot in the show at one point where like a baby was driving a car oh, that, like, yeah, that was pitched and like a character in the show story. was like <laughs> a skeleton. Uh, so yeah. like, we're really yeah finding out like what is allowed and what isn't mm-hmm. allowed like in and I insane think, tone. And I think like what we like yeah so it was it was a very open I remember in those first couple of days we were a lot like we were more involved in those first couple of days especially and and every night I would look over at like the notes of what was in the room but I think it was I wanted my goal, and this is, you know, again, like you go back and forth, like I wanted the room to have ownership over it. I didn't want to be like, you're working under this idea. Like, like what are you guys intrigued by? What do you think? And I think it was like finding out how do we sustain 20 minutes or, you know, 20, you know, and it's like, and then we kind of, and we wanted to build like a season arc. Like, how can we actually make this fulfilling that you will want to watch and there's a cliffhanger and stuff. So I think the first big thing that started to knock out a lot of the ideas was like, all right, what, like, what's one of the bigger goals? And I think, I mean, it's simple, but it was like Megan and Chad, those are our two main characters. They've been on a deserted island for three months. They come back. They're not popular. Now they have to, re- to come back to being popular. So this is their journey. And, you know, in the, you know, how do they get to the, you know, how do they get to be prom king or whatever at the end? And we, I think that was like our first thing. Like, well, what's the obstacle? And we, I think one of the first ideas was like, there'll be a villain every week. They'll, they almost have like a procedural element to it, like but high school procedurals. But like, who do they have to defeat this week to kind of <laughs> yeah, then right. get on top? And then they're and they're basically knocking down all these people, and then kind of like Con Air, those all those people kind of come back at them True. at the end, you yeah. know. So it was like, and then based on I that, it was like, that, yeah. yeah. And then you know, but I mean, but that was like I think how we started to break down like the scope of the show and then what fit in the scope of the show and then it was it was tricky it was it was you know it was a it was it was a very loose process for better or for worse you know but i think like there was like just a lot of plots on the board there were a lot of yeah. characters on the board there was sure. and we just started to kind of pull them together and i think as the scripts got written and even as the outlines got written we started to shake it out and be like oh that really works right that yeah. doesn't work mm-hmm. you know and and that was where I think the show really started to form. Landing on our scope was huge. Like, mm-hmm. once we figured out, I mean, it was, you know, those first couple of days, we were watching lots of episodes of Pretty Little Liars and Gossip Girl. And I think it was, 
you guys maybe that like threw out just the idea that like we could do the whole CW and like the CW's right. yeah. like I yeah. think the CW as an idea is like a thing you can parody in the way that like I know how I would parody TNT mm-hmm. which is just like all Chicago dramas or right yeah like, uh, so yeah like discovering that like oh one of our characters could be like Arrow yeah uh, uh, was really funny and now Chad is like the boom and he's like discovering his boomerang powers and like learn them on the island and stuff and um yeah that was like huge for me just as far as opening up what we could do yeah. uh or parody like a 1996 teen movie uh, right. with totally. our characters right. um, but i think just watching for me at least like i have always been a huge fan of like teen soapy dramas um but i really went back and i rewatched the entirety of the oc um <laughs> for best. research i had yeah. to know. Yeah. um it was very Which important to, to the show yeah. uh to do so but uh it really like the tone gets into your bones you know what i mean mm-hmm. like where you're just like i know what i can do with this now like even like the longing looks and like how things end like it just you, you have to like study kind of the the thing yeah there's a reverse engineering going exactly. on yeah. if you're watching it critically Ex- exactly and then once that happened like i really felt like i was pitching things that made mm-hmm. sense tonally and then i could like then blow out in mm-hmm. in a in a kind of funny way well and and as far as the comedy i mean how did you guys come to how far you can push this <laughs> sure. i mean ntsf was one thing yeah. but burning love is a whole other yeah and kind it, you know we like we always debate this to a certain extent it's like i feel like it's interesting it's like i think everything becomes its own tone like we do have we have a character in the show who, instead of becoming a teen wolf, he's like a teen leprechaun. Like, and you know, and, and we're and we're playing with that, but it's it's as, it's as ridiculous as becoming a teen wolf. <laughs> it's like, totally but the teen same. wolf is like acceptable. Yeah, like, right, it's right. like, well, that makes sense. That's a real thing. It's right, like, right. and like you know, and, and like, it's treated the, as seriously, which I like exactly. Right. And like, and the same thing with like Arrow. It's like, well, that's acceptable. It's like, well, no, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. step totally. two steps back. And like, this is like so. I think that the basis of the shows that we were parroting, like Pretty Little Liars, opens with them killing their friend. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. so it's like, okay, like that world is pretty heightened. Yeah, it's you know, barely like more. where do you go? Right. <laughs> yeah, really, so like, just... it's not even all that intellectual an answer, but it was like, okay, pretend just for a moment that like the Gossip Girl people in a club open a curtain, like. If in that show they discovered Narnia, like, <laughs> yeah, right. how would they actually react? Uh, like on Gossip Girl, and Nicole especially was so good at being like, "Well, this is how Blair would react." <laughs> uh, I'm like, uh, "Excuse um, me, uh, yeah, yeah." You were like an encyclopedia for that, like more than anybody. Like you so, really, yeah. yeah. Like you talking about tone, like, oh man, I couldn't have done that. Uh, uh, you were great at being like Megan would never say that, uh, <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, you're right." <laughs> but and I think. That that's the trick about this thing was like we had this pilot that we we could do what like we're like we had a we had a world in which we we set up like like a whole plot there but we didn't have to feel committed to it so we could really like we could really blow it out and we found these characters that I really like and now like I'm like oh I would like to try it again knowing all of what we totally. know right like you know and it, like this is like a grand experiment like full screen since we sold the show to full screen to this week or last week when it came out it changed owners four times. Oh my yeah, so like, like the staff changed and the release date changed. And now Peter Chernin basically is like in charge. And Peter Chernin's like, he is very active about like, I want to make the next 
cool SVOD, you know, like Hulu, Netflix. And so, yeah. so it was interesting. Like, we were very much an experiment. Like, I think when we were first at full screen, they were developing like eight different shows. And I think right now they're really launched two, like this one with Grace Helbig and, yeah. and, uh, and Hannah Hart, which is only 11 minutes. And our show, which is, tw- you know, 20 minutes. So we were, we were very much an experiment. And I think we approach it as an experiment, but now it's like, Watching it, I'm like, oh, we could do this, and we could, and this, mm-hmm. and we just, I, I feel like we learned so much. Oh my god, so like that but, for for me, this was like the most amazing learning experience of all time because it's like we were, Tim, we're literally just like <laughs> handed a key and then like thrown into an ocean, and it's yeah. like, where's the door? I mean, that was really it, and literally were like, here, here is the world, go have fun, and it was yeah. like, and and you know, for Ben, like again, like I like I don't know, like if that was the best thing to do, but I think I'm really proud at the way that we attacked it. Like yeah. sometimes I looked at myself, I'm like, oh, I should have, we should have just done it a little bit differently because we did like literally just throw everybody into the deep end of the pool and be like, all right, eight episodes awesome. in eight weeks, yeah. But you I, also like it, built a staff of people who did that. Like, right. we yeah, come we from a come world from where like, well, I'll get an email that's like, guys, we forgot we had a half hour sketch show on Friday. And yeah. we're like, oh yeah. shit, we gotta write one. Totally. So I've done this before. Yeah. Uh, all and that's fun. And I do yeah. think that that like keeps everybody together in a weird way. Totally. It's sort of like, all right, well, we're all equal. There's no one person saying this or that. So you're all working for the benefit mm-hmm. of the end goal. Well, it sounds like you you found people, your team found people who come, A, from comedy and exactly that kind of comedy where you do just throw up a show, but also comedy that is a community. Yeah. yeah where totally. you are, you know, you're doing it for everyone. It's, mm-hmm. it's that... And, and, a sheet in the barn feeling. And the one thing that I, I will again say to you know to our, our writers room and everything was like the, you know Tim and Nicole especially in this instance like you guys cast the show really beautifully like as far as like not our teens because that was like we were looking at tape and everything like that but it was like everybody else that's in that room it, like everybody who comes in mm-hmm. to do one joke whether it's Josh Fadum or Drew Tarver or like all these people like you guys are like this person this person this person and and every single person scored and that really was. Great. And it was a way to, like, that's kind of what I did when we were doing anti Like, I know all these people. Let's bring them all in. Do you guys mm-hmm. knew all these people? And we just kept on bringing in all these, like, just, you know, people are just, you know, because the thing, the problem with this show was you have to look a little bit like a certain <laughs> type. You have a, yeah, yeah, and if you don't, like, then you kind of, like, a bunch of parts are not ready for you. But then, you know, you get somebody like Mike Mitchell that does one of my favorite things oh, in the whole yeah. show. Like, so gets seduced by Shaylee Rose. Like, and it's like he's as a security guard. It's one of my favorite, like, dumb scenes yeah. in the whole thing. But, but, you, but, yeah, I think that that was really cool, too, is that you guys had, like, a, your finger on that pulse. So you were kind of merging two different worlds, too. I have to say, that's really Tim. Like, Tim is, like, Mr. UCBLA, and he knows... <laughs> that, uh, ev- he's Mr. UCBLA! Um, and he knows everybody, uh, and uh, he was so, like, he knew exactly who to cast, mm-hmm. like, in exactly what part. But I also have to say that, like, like I know this sounds insane, but it was, for me at least, like, the the most fun thing uh, I've ever worked on. Um, even though, like, we were working, like, 18-hour days and sometimes yeah, yeah. driving up to, like, Santa Clarita. We like, shot at this College of the Canyons, which is always, like, a long <laughs> drive. Like, yeah, it's yeah. 45 <laughs> minutes of straight road. Yeah. And you know you're like, yeah. well, I'm driving up here for a 15-hour day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally. With kind of shitty food and, and, <laughs> yeah. and no craft service. <laughs> right. And then you're but there it, and it's fun. Yeah. And But it's also, like, it felt so satisfying because mm-hmm. it was like, we are really doing this thing yeah. that is 
completely impossible. Like, there's no way. Throughout the whole thing, it's like, how are we actually going to shoot eight <laughs> episodes in 11 days? It's right. like eight half hours. Yeah, how? And, and the we thing just that, did it. The thing that was like the, the craziest to me is I was shooting this movie in uh, Canada. And so, thankfully, I was because I, have a, I had a new baby at that point and yeah. I was away from my family. And that's when we really got like the budget, like the <laughs> budget thrown at us. And we had all these scripts <laughs> that were really funny. And it was like, now compact everything. Yeah. Wow. And so that was like a really. That was a really intense process, and we had a great writer's assistant on this show, this guy Scott, uh, who just, like, that was intense. Like, that was taking all these great ideas and saying, what could, what could we actually do? And that was a, I think that was the hardest part of this show for me, was keeping as much as we could, like, balancing what you want to do and what you can afford to do. Yeah. And sometimes out of that comes really great stuff. Do you guys remember anything in particular that we had to, like, like was something that we cut that was big that we liked that it was replaced with something that was actually better. Do you remember anything like that? Oh God, I'm not sure. Um, I'm trying to think about I, that too. I have just like a very dumb example. Great, um, yeah. and it was just for time. I think it, so. In our show, there's a, a girl who's in a coma, um, and uh, and she is like she's become super popular because she's just like super aloof and she's like gotten very thin, um, and uh, she's at war with our, one of our main characters, uh, Beatrix, in the first episode. And I remember there was supposed to be like an elaborate fight scene between them, um, like which to us was so funny, just the idea of like a girl in a coma. She never like, moves. She right? never moves. Blinks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. Uh, uh, and 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 we just figured like just we we're not going to be able to do this thing. So uh, Beatrix just like spits at her instead, <laughs> and it was just like watching. I was like, that's very that's just as satisfying to me because I was like, Beatrix would just spit at her. And it uh, is. It's a funny moment. Like, I think it's a fun moment. Like yeah, like it's funny. Like when you think like we need to do this thing and yeah. what you can kind of get away with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, you know, when it's basically ten minutes before we go overtime and right, right. Finish, you know. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I think another replacement that you threw out was. I there, we have an episode called The Running of the Poors oh. where uh, like the rich people like have to train a poor person how to act rich. Right. Uh, and like the final competition that I had was like they have to gentrify a neighborhood, <laughs> which is like <laughs> even like even if we had the budget, like yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> it's just like dumb conceptual joke. And yeah, Nicole like threw out uh, that like no, what if they just like teach them how to be horrible to a barista? <laughs> and, uh, I ended up being like so much funnier to mm-hmm. me uh, and like a great way to end it. Yeah. I actually don't even remember if that made it. It did. Yeah, I think it did. With full screen, was there were there notes? Was it like a network? How did it work? Full screen came it, because it changed ownership so many times. Um, it, uh, or runner, yeah, whoever was in charge, mm-hmm. we really started getting notes in the post process because that's when uh, Polly, who is like the head of the scripted development team, she came on board, and so she was watching our cuts for the first okay. time. So it was a lot of, can we do this? Can we make? Can this make sense? So we, and they were very good notes. Some, you know, look with anything, you're always like, oh, I don't know if we need that, but. It was a good piece of outside eyes taking a look at something, and uh, and so yeah, so that was they they came in at that point, but they were very supportive of us, and they've been very supportive of us throughout this whole process because um, we're not YouTube stars, we're not like you know like like we're not full screen stars, like full screen is this cabal of like YouTube channels that yeah. we are not part of, so it, it's a hard sell anyway, you know, um, and, and so. 
I don't know. I, I feel like that's where, you know, so it's interesting. When you get involved in post, it's tricky because what do we have, right. you know, and what do you want? <laughs> and, uh, and if you give notes on a script, we can, we can do it there. But post, there's only so much flexibility yeah. that you can maneuver because it's already shot. So they were very good, but that's, that's where they, they came in, and they've been super supportive, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that's great. And it's interesting to me. I mean, I think this starts to say something about the business and where it's going, that, like, we do have these opportunities mm-hmm. to make things, and what goes along with that? You know, like, this is a channel for YouTube stars. Yeah. Um, but you're getting away with something here. Well, it's interesting because it's like, I get caught in all this stuff sometimes because... I, I just, I, and I, I wrestle with this as like a writer and a creator and everything like that. I love to make things. And then I feel like sometimes you get in this zone where you can spend a whole year developing, pitching, and then nothing happens. Totally. And you're left with this like thing that's collecting like, you know, dust, you know, or, you know, it's like, it's just, and you can never really use it again. You can never do it. And so then there's that world and that world pays pretty good if you can sell it or you can do something but it's not fulfilling you know and I think I've come from the UCB background of being like let's put up a show let's do something so I've been erring on the side of let's just go make it because at the end of the day we'll be proud of this thing and we'll have an experience and Mm -hmm. and so because of that you start to find different opportunities and like before Hulu became the network of casual and the path they gave us an opportunity to do Hot Wives at a very reduced price, but we had really cool people in it, and we got to make something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And full screen, who knows where full screen will be in a year, right? Right now, this is a, a big question mark. Peter Chernin, super smart guy behind some of the biggest movies and TV shows, is basically going like, all right, I tried to buy Hulu. I didn't get it, so now I'm going to make my own, and I'm going to make it better. Mm-hmm. You know, And so, like, so this is his first step into this world. And so you have to take these chances sometimes. And... I don't know if they're about, like, moving backwards or forwards. It's like, you know, oh, it's, it's, it's doing a show on full screen as appealing as doing something on HBO. Or you have to explain, like, where is it at? Like, But I think it is because at the end of the day, it's kind of like you've created something. Yeah, and totally. that's all we want. And it's like, Absolutely. and if you're an actor, you want to act. And if you're a writer, you want to write. And you want to see your stuff produced. And you want to learn. And you'll get that experience. And you'll make that big money eventually. But I feel like that's the thing that I'm always wrestling with is, like, I developed a show for HBO and I developed a show for ABC and they were the two most frustrating processes because I'm like, just let me make, like, let me make right. a pilot. Let me just do this. Because I, I, I know, like we're talking about what you were saying too, it's like, I know if we get the right people and we get the right director and we do this thing, I, it would, let me execute that vision. Mm-hmm. And and that's all, I, I think that's, that's the thing that's exciting about it is like we're in this time where Yes, you have to make a couple of sacrifices. You have to, like, do it cheap, and you have to, like, run and gun it, and it's not the best possible situation. But at the end of the day, you did you you have this yeah, experience, and absolutely. it's a real experience that hopefully will get you the next job. Like, right. Donna and Danielle were somebody who had this idea. They were really funny, and now they got, now they're sitcom writers that yeah. are worked on a bunch of really good sitcoms because yeah. of their creation of that thing. So it's balancing it out. It's like, it's it's, you know... And I, I don't know if, if that makes sense, but it's it's a constant kind of struggle of, oh, absolutely. you know, do you take the more, tra- uh, you know, presenting, it looks like, oh, the more attractive option, developing with Sony for ABC, or right. do you go, here's the thing that you don't even know about, <laughs> what is it? Yeah. Okay, well, wait, in a couple months, they're going to make an app, it's going to be like Netflix, <laughs> it's going to be like this, you know, it's like... But you can actually make something. It is so much actually, yeah. more satisfying. Like, I already miss it. I'm in that yeah. world now of, yeah. like, working on a thing that... Mm, 
won't come out for two or three years or ever. Right. Uh, the long, like, development, like, movies take forever. Uh, and I, when I was, like, up for this job, like, it was this or doing a month on a friend of mine's, <laughs> like, MTV show. Uh and I like weighed the options of like sure. a year of development you or know like this thing's getting to make something yeah. with my friends, yeah, and yeah. everybody was like, "You idiot, go right. <laughs> take a job for a year." Right. Uh, and I did, but like I, yeah, I, I, I'm already like, how do I, how do I go do another filthy sexy teachers? Mm-hmm. Like, well, because I think that like the UCB treat, teaches teaches this mentality, and it kind of has um, uh, informed everything they've ever done. Like it's like that whole mentality is like, don't think, don't think, just make mm-hmm. that you know, just be in your body, make that choice. And I think when these opportunities come around, it's like you gotta just go. Fuck it, yeah, we'll do it in a month. Like we'll do it, mm-hmm. and, and you know, it's like you just say yes because, like, even with Party Over Here, which is this, this late night show that I created with the Lonely Island, I came in, I pitched this idea, we pitched it to Fox, we're like, all right, can you, can we go right now? And I go, <laughs> okay, and we'll go, and we'll, and we just hit the ground, and, and we had, you know, not again, not a big budget, and we had, uh, you know, a handful of weeks to write and, and four weeks to shoot, you know, ten episodes, and and you just go, and you just go, all right. Let's let's just jump in. Let's just jump on board. And, and it's yeah. And you know, to me, it's like I was luckily handed in from the very beginning of my career from UCB. Like when UCB were doing Conan and they got their TV show, they kind of threw us the rope down to do Conan. And then you know, and all I want to do is work with good people and be like, yeah, now you guys go make something, and, and hopefully we can all have this like bigger and bigger community where totally. it's just sort of yeah. you know sharing it around. Yeah, and it feels like it's happening. And and yeah. this is certainly part of it. So yeah. uh, congrats. Let's talk about TV for a second. What are you guys watching? What are you super into these days? Oh what uh, I'm watching The Americans and I can't Me stop too. Me too. I I've never <laughs> seen it until like two weeks ago and I'm in season three. I'm me Same. Too. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm catching up too. Yeah. So season three is good. I watched like three episodes tonight. It's like uh, <laughs> so crazy. June and I like June and I literally fall asleep. We were laughing so hard Same. because we fell asleep uh, in the middle of like season three of The Americans. And we paused it, and, and in the morning, Gus got up, my little kid got up, and it was really early, and we're like, well, let's watch Sesame Street. And we went to go put on the Apple TV in our bedroom, <laughs> and it was on this hardcore, like, sex scene, <laughs> where they're, like, basically just, like, it's asses and fucking, and I was like, and, and, and Gus was like, what's that? And I was like, huh? I was like, we just didn't realize that that's where, like, it paused in the middle Perfect. of the like, But that show is... Is it the 69? Yeah, it was, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. That's the wildest thing it's I've ever seen on the It's wild. It's but like the scene where... A kid walks in on two yeah. parents having sex, but they're not just having oh, sex. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> so crazy. We uh, that show, like, I mean, I don't know what you guys think. It's like it's so dense. I was oh like, my uh, God. and it's so you many have levels. To pay attention. Yeah, How, the storytelling on that show is mind blowing. Like. I can't imagine how these guys how, and girls do it. You know what I mean? It's really have so inspiring. Have you had inspiring. anybody on from that no, show? No, they're all in New York. Oh, okay. I have to go out. I'm dying to talk to them. Because it is, it, to me, it's a perfect show. Like, yeah. it's, I'm so hard-pressed to find a flaw in it. It's funny because it's like, it's one of those shows that was not on the top of my list, but yeah. always under the undercurrent yeah. of the Americans is really good. The Americans yeah. like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, but, and, and there's a, a cult of people underneath it. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but it's like, it's weird. That show, it, it's, Hopefully like, it'll break. I feel like enough people are talking about it now. It's like Breaking Bad exactly. kind of took like three years yeah. to kind of then cross over yeah. and then everyone was watching. I'm hoping that yeah. happens. I can't believe how hard it still is to like get me to go like, okay. Right? But, yeah. <laughs> I haven't like, I'm surrounded by 
very smart people with great taste in my life right. now, and I still will be like, you, you got the, you got to watch the American. Right. I'm like, hey, come on, I it's can't. probably, I'm tired. And even but, like, I'm gonna go watch a West Wing or a Mary Tyler Moore, rerun. right? Like, and then <laughs> two episodes, and I'm like, well, I got to finish this right. yeah. Yeah. tonight. Yeah. Uh, oh, I you know. I'm like so like we're just powering. I'm like everything is. I'm not watching anything else neither. but that. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, my wife and I left a party early yesterday oh, so yeah. we could go watch more episodes. <laughs> That's amazing. So we're all in like we're basically all. On the same, you're in season three, or you were? No, we're on four now. Okay, so you're caught up. And I've heard that this season seems like they're like some of the best episodes so far. It's unbelievable. I loved three, though. I loved all the stuff with Paige and unbelievable. Yeah. All right, so we can all agree on that. Yes, yeah. American. Uh, what and else you guys? Are you watching any comedy? Yeah, all the HBO stuff just came back, and I mm. love oh, right. Silicon, Silicon Valley, Valley and Veep. Yeah. The, this last, I mean, the premiere, I think. Yeah, the premiere of Silicon Valley like opens with T.J. Miller like getting mad at one of those like. Um, Walker robots uh, <laughs> yeah. that like those engineering places are building and like kicking the shit out of it and I was like wheezing okay. and it was like before the opening credits I was like in my bed coughing I was laughing so and hard. Veep was great I haven't watched Veep in a couple years but yeah. I thought the premiere was great it's so interesting Veep uh, you know Dave Mandel who's part yeah. of Berkshire for Mandel Seinfeld and Curb took it over from Armando yeah. this year and it was like I was really curious to see what that is because that's a crazy that's a that's a very big shift like Armando and Mandel are very different so and specific. and but it, it seems like they didn't miss a beat it's like that show oh, came really? back I I think it came back even stronger and harder than mm-hmm. than and, you know not that it was ever lost a step but it, I that come out that hard. I was yeah. like, oh wow, that's... it feels refreshed. Yeah, in a yeah. lot of ways, and yeah. and I don't think it was stale. But it just, right. it just has, yeah, it just has like an energy to it yeah. that I think is that's good. Like, yeah. yeah, the best like language and the, like yeah. there's the the jokes in that show are so fast and so often it makes me laugh so hard. The Julia Louis Dreyfus like referring to a big pimple on her head is it feels like a dog <laughs> nipple. Premiere <laughs> uh, killed me. Really I, I love Broad City. Oh, I'm a, such yeah, a fan of of them and and everybody. Like I. I also got into characters. I mean, like, I like, but Paul Downs is somebody I think it just it really makes me laugh really hard and genius. And that 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 characters thing was actually pretty interesting because it was like, yeah, I like one, I don't like the other one, I like this one a lot. Like they were really, <laughs> they were really. Uh, that was a really fun comedy experiment that Netflix did. I yeah. thought that was really mm-hmm. cool. Just for Broad City, I think this season too. I think they they really earned a lot of what they did. Like I, I think agree. like they. Uh, they really played with like the friendship between Abby and Alana, like in a real like in a, in a real way. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, it's also just hilarious and so fun for me to like watch my friends make out with like my other friends' like partner. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It, like really makes me laugh. But I think the acting on that show is really good, and uh, and the storytelling is really really. Yeah, it felt good. like it got to evolve. This yeah, year. it was uh, uh, just, a little more comfortable. I think I thought it was so good, yeah, and then yeah. the the last season of Girls I thought was so. I gotta good. watch that. I hear it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah, um, uh, truly. I watch every episode in that. There's a the the sort of like Girls episode that is a short film. The the Marnie meets her old boyfriend mm-hmm. episode. That's just like a just Marnie. Yeah, in New York for half hour. It's like it's one of my favorite TV hmm. episodes yeah. ever. Uh, it ended and I was like, "Wow!" and started texting people like, "Did you see that Marnie episode? <laughs> Watch this. Marnie's insane, and I love her now." Like, yeah, right. <laughs> there is um, a show that is not probably uh, for this podcast to talk about because it's it's not a not really a writer's show. But Listen, I, will say, I watch Survivor every week. Okay, it's great. Cool. <laughs> well, then the show I want to recommend to everyone is called The Prophet. The Prophet is kind of like a serious Nathan for you. <laughs> yes. This guy Marcus Lemonis. Oh my god, it's 
uh, June and I binged like three seasons of it. <laughs> it, the, so it. So everything that you like about Shark Tank, this show does in actuality. He goes to a place and he goes, okay, what's your problem? Where's your problem? He looks at all their bills. He sees how they run their company. He's like, you run your company terribly. This is what you need to do. I'm going to write you a check right now. This will take care of this. And I get to be your boss for an indefinite period of time. <laughs> you listen to me, or I become the owner of this place, and then, like I get fifty one percent, and you get forty nine percent, and that's it. And it is this rules. amazing. Insane. It is oh amazing. Like I literally one of my favorite shows on TV because he's he's not um, he's not showboating. Mm-hmm. Like he's not like catchphrases and everything. He's like, right. I care about this company. You're doing this oh wrong. You need to change this. Why are you doing it like this? And like, and he's basically becoming, he's rescuing businesses. It's, it's what you see. It's the other, like, it's like what happens after Shark Tank, but there, he's so hands-on. Like, he literally is like, you, like, he opened up a car dealership and oh he's like God. out in front shoveling <laughs> snow. Like, he's it. like, he is Phenomenal. the <laughs> best. It, it's one of the best shows. The first season, they're kind of figuring it out. So I would say if you want to kind of sure. jump in, jump in the second and third because they've kind of figured it out. And then you can go back and enjoy the first season. <laughs> but the second and third season, I watch this one thing. I'll just say, and then I'll, I'll stop. It was an, it was a, it was a place called, Blues Jeans Bar. Yes. Okay. And it, it, and it was, you walk in and it looks like a bar and they sell blue jeans. No. Right. And, and, but it's called Blues Jeans. And he's like, why is it called Blues Jeans? And she's like, well, because I like blues and I'm selling jeans and it's a bar. And he's like, okay, we got to get rid of yeah, this yeah. name. Like, Blues Jeans Bar is not a. And so, like, and then you couldn't try on the pants at this place. You have to go to the bar and talk to a jean tender and the jean tender would. Give you your tender. And they never had the right sizes. So it's like he goes in and goes, This is a terrible idea. <laughs> like, let's rip out this bar. And people are like, and then you realize like what people hold on to is the dumbest shit. Yeah. The yeah. thing that's holding them back. So he's like almost like a therapist. He's like, get rid of the bar. Like, no, the bar is the whole thing. It's the whole thing. And then like they can make a ton more money. It's like, okay, you were right. Yeah, the yeah. bar sucked. Like oh my God. But it's that's fascinating. So that profit. Funny. Sounds like it would be very appealing to TV writers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, actually. Have somebody come in and be like, Hey, you're insane. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't have, I feel like I could learn. I was a like, lot. I want Marcus in my life. I Absolutely. want this guy because he's like so exacting and not like any. And, and, and if you ever slam him on camera, he will come back. Like, Don't you ever embarrass me. Like it's, like, it's like, he does not like, he's like, but yeah, he's like working on barbecue restaurants. He's oh working in car dealerships. He's working in blue jeans companies. I gotta L- it's I great. To the profit, the profit. We literally watched every episode. I like love a Paul Shear recommendation. Uh, always just like so good. Yeah, so specific yeah. and so good. And, one, and no one knows been, about them except profit. for him. Yes, I've not been wrong in my life yet. Uh, so profit is great. Uh, well, thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Dirty thank preppy you. teens. Filthy preppy teens. Available on full screen. You get a month for free if you check That's it right. out. And, the, and I really do believe that the app is really good. You can download it from the app store. You can go to fullscreen.com. But it's, uh, I just think, like, it's a month free. Just try out the app. Try it's really it cool. It's like, like, I think it's a fun way to watch stuff. And uh, the first four episodes will be up now. Great. Terrific. Nice. Thank you guys for being here. Thank Thanks you. Thanks a lot. Now leaving Nerdist.com.